I'm Jason and he's Rich, and this is Remastered, the show where this week we're talking the Olympics because the Olympics have come to London, England, 2012 Summer Games. Uh, how far away is that as the crow flies from where you are? Ooh, 300 and something miles. I feel it necessary to look it up on Google Maps now. I'll get that. So if you wanted to go there by car, we're talking about five or six hours. Quite possibly. I'm going to get directions from my house to Olympic Stadium. And that's traffic aside, too. I'm sure that the traffic around there is crazy, especially with everything that I've been reading about the Olympic lanes. Oh, yeah. It's it's all just being complaining and complaining. Because, uh, let's see. From, from my house to the Olympic Stadium in London is 219 miles and four hours exactly. Or in current traffic, four hours, 19 minutes. Which isn't bad. That's Actually, yeah, that's not too terrible a delay for everything that I've been hearing. Yeah. From, from the sound of the news reports, especially the headlines that I've seen on some of the British import papers that I've gotten, it sounded like uh, like everything had come to a standstill, like it was Independence Day well, and the aliens were hovering. I mean, London is a city that on the best of days is kind of at a standstill um, because it's it's really not built for cars. But... It won't be as bad as people are making out. It it just won't. I think it's this. We're going to see a lot of sensationalism from the British press over a lot of minor issues. You think? Yeah, it's what from they the do. From the British press. Yeah, of all people. <laughs> I tell you what, if one of them they've they've announced today the, uh, I don't know if it was the government, if it was the Crown Prosecution Service or something else, but all the. Uh, they're looking at charging all the news of the world people with phone hacking and they might go to prison and that sort of thing. So maybe they'll get better, the yeah. British press, it, but probably not. You really have problems on both sides of that coin. That's that's maybe a different show to talk about, but just real quick, uh, your freedom of speech is, compared to ours is really limited. On the other hand, your press is out of control. It's crazy. I don't know, I don't know how that imbalance comes to be. It seems very counterintuitive that it would turn out that way. I, I think if you sort of, it's clear how it's come about. I mean, it's a situation that as I've grown up, I've seen it get worse. And it's never been good. And it's it's just been a slow decline over like the last 20, 30 years. Um, and it's easy enough for it to have happened. And, you know, it, it's it's a, putting restrictions on the press of any kind is a difficult thing to do politically. Um, well, I'm sure the press will have quite a quite the field day, huh? huh? Yeah. Fun. Quite the field day with the <laughs> Olympics. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode goes out, but if it's already past July 27th, then the Olympics have started, and the closing ceremonies are August 12th, and the press is going to get quite a gander with some of the characters that are going to be there. It's going to be quite an interesting event. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm but, getting really excited. Yeah, some of these athletes that are supposed to show up, they're just crazy. I, I can't believe that. Like the, these guys we have on our list. Yeah, these guys that we're talking about here tonight. Uh, <laughs> although rumor has it that these are just our picks. I, I think that I've not seen them listed anywhere else. It would cause quite a hubbub if they were actually competing. It might not even be fair to the rest of the, uh, the, the, rest of the athletes. It would make a lot of the Olympics far more interesting. You know, the summer games are actually kind of boring. I mean, nobody's really supposed to say that, but when you're talking about how fast you can go a certain distance, that's that's not quite as dramatic as, like, skiing slalom style down a hill or 
getting in a bob uh, a downhill slalom car or, or something like that there are there are many more sports than the winter olympics where you watch it and you think you must be insane why would you do luge why would any sane rational human being do the luge because it's mental i that i don't get i can understand how you figure out you can run 100 meters really quickly that makes sense but luge come on it's, it's just insane all of the, you know, a lot of the Winter Olympics ones are. And they go from the insane you might die to the slowly sliding rocks across the ice. The Winter Olympics have the um, added benefit of having an extreme environment. There is that as well. And the summer games, well, it's just really hot. What, what's the temperature over there that they'll be contending with? Right now, it's probably about 20... Let me look. Um, it's weather in... What? It's saying 17 degrees. The sweat all over me says different. Uh, but they won't be... They'll be competing with rain. I guarantee that. Let me see if I can get, like, a Olympic weather forecast. Maybe the BBC will have such a thing. I don't think that there's really any way that the Summer Games can compete with the Winter Games just because of the, the nature of what they are. So uh, in an effort to spice things up... Rich and I have concocted a list of the the way that we would get things going. The way that we would get the party started is by having some fictional characters compete. And uh, and we made a really bad choice last week when we were talking about what we should do with this game. Thank you for saying we. I'll, I'll take full responsibility for this because <laughs> it was my own dumb idea. I, I was complicit because I said yes. But we decided that for each Olympic event... We would choose someone from the U.S. to go up against someone from the U.K., a fictional character from each of those countries. And just by virtue of population, there's there's not a whole lot to pull from no. for the U.K. side. And British popular culture is just not as big and exciting as American popular culture, so there's just no big things. And I had Doctor Who taken off me right away. Exactly, yeah. We just have a couple of characters that can kick ass and that sort of thing. Because it's all we need. <laughs> yeah, the American psyche is all Hulk smash, and the UK psyche is all, would you like more tea with that, sir? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you were asking me if I wanted more tea. Um, yes, you're right. It is. Um, so let's let's get this underway. The first one, completely happy with this. I feel comfortable with the first one. After that, for the following 16... There's some dodgy ones in there. You've got a couple of really good picks. I think you're going to win at least a, f a few few categories here. Okay. E even with your limited pool of athletes from which to draw. Well, the first one, we've got the summer game, archery. 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 I think that there's two incredibly obvious entrants for this one. If it, if it wasn't these two, there'd be outcry. That said, and I've just looked at yours, and it's not who I thought it was. Oh, who did you think I had? I thought you had the dude from the Avengers. You know, I, I almost picked him, but he's never been as compelling a character. You're talking about Hawkeye. That's the name I couldn't remember. Hawkeye's the Marvel version of Green Arrow, and Green Arrow is who I chose for the U.S. Olympic archery team. That's Oliver Queen. He's a pretty cool guy. He's he's the the Bruce Wayne of archery because he's a millionaire. He's got all the cool gadgets. He's got the arrows that have the explosives on the ends and the grappling hooks and all that fun stuff. 
It, it sounds like a good character. He's he's kind of like Robin Hood if Robin Hood got an upgrade. Right. So who did you choose? <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Chose Robin Hood. Sorry, that was Dirty Pool. Yeah. That was that was harsh, man. That was, oh. I chose Robin Hood. That's did I I I he freed the whole country apparently. Or whatever he did. He fed he f- stole from the, I don't know where I got fed from. He fed the rich with the poor. He stole from the rich to give to the poor. Am I awake? He fed here? the rich with the poor. Yeah, that's that's an entirely different one. That's the sequel to that's Russell Crowe's one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Robin Hood, an, an amazing character who probably wasn't real, but wasn't real. It's the, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think if you were to stand on a street corner and just ask passersby, was Robin Hood a real person? You would get an alarming number of yeses. I think. Well, there is some historical data to suggest that he might have been, in, at least in some small shade, the whole Robin of Loxley thing. There, yeah, there might have been some sort of. It's I don't know. I mean, some sort of inspiration. It's I've heard the same things about Jesus. Like there, there's apparently some historical reference to some dude named Jesus, but not anything about him being the son of God or anything else at all. But there's some guys who reckon they've got they could prove there was a dude called Jesus kicking around where he was allegedly kicking around at the time he was allegedly there. But they're not saying he was the son of God. And so it's a similar sort of thing. And we like it because, do you know what? We still have a sheriff of Nottingham. It's a totally meaningless, powerless role. But we have a sheriff of Nottingham. You can go and see him. From what I've heard, it's a theatrical role. Yeah. But he comes out, he's dressed all, all up. He does the no Christmas, let cancel Christmas thing. That's just Alan Rickman. But yeah. And it's but it's a proper job. It's an official thing paid for by taxpayers, and that's that's just depressing, actually. Uh, yeah, but that's he's real, so that's the thing. And we have Robin Hood Airport in Doncaster, my hometown, uh, because again, it's all that's that's why we like it where I'm from, because it's set all around as Robin Hood, and you can go to Sherwood Forest and see the major oak they apparently lived in. And you look and you think, no, no, he didn't. It's just, it's a big tree, but no, you couldn't live in it. And uh, that's that's it. And Sean Connery was him once. Was he really? In what property? I think it's Robin and Marion. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I remember seeing that, actually, at one point. It's not one of the better ones, I don't think. You know, Sean Connery uh, is pretty funny because he also had like some of these those really old roles before he turned into James Bond, like um, Darby O'Gill and the little people. Have yeah. you ever seen that movie? I have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not for a very, very, very long time. That's a Disney film actually, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, he did all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I must read a biography of him actually. Uh, Cause I've heard other interesting stories from people who were his friends when he was younger. You, uh, Michael Caine's books full of them. Uh, and so there's a few interesting things there. That man could fight, apparently, and greatly enjoyed it. 
I heard that he could take a punch like nobody else. Yeah. Like he, he could just take one full in the face and go down. The, the, Michael Caine has a, a just incidental story of the time the two of them were out in a pub having a drink and a group of men started on them. And so Sean Connery beat up the group of men. It was just, it's one of the, he was one of those guys. Just love fighting and there you go. So as far as archery goes, I think we're going to call it a draw. You're being generous, aren't you? Well, I think that Green Arrow would beat Robin Hood in a straight-out competition. But for historical context or for cultural significance, I'm going to say that Robin Hood is going to pull up parallel. I appreciate that. Thank no you. No worries. That's, that's good. I mean, Green Arrow, for as popular as he is in the comic world, uh, if you ask somebody on the street who he was, they probably wouldn't be able to say. So, I mean, it, it, he's definitely a, a minor character compared to Robin Hood as far as cultural uh, consciousness goes. That's true. There, there are no Green Arrow movies. Although the rumor is that there might be. There, really? There's a new show out here on a fourth-rate cable channel called Arrow. Really? Oh. Yeah. I had no idea. It'll be canceled in a season. Right. Or less. I'll pay that one no attention then. Number two, we've got boxing. This is a good one. Because this is where my choice starts to get a little eyebrow-raising. And yours is a good one. I mean, Apollo Creed. Well, I skipped the obvious. I didn't want to go Rocky because, first of all, Rocky lost. Exactly. See. Exactly. Rocky, Apollo Creed kicked the crap out of him in the first one. And as much as it's fun kind of now to look back and make fun of uh, Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed was ripped. Wasn't he? he? Have you watched that movie lately? Yeah. That dude was like just muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. It, it's it's frightening how there are men that big. It makes me feel so inadequate and pathetic. It really does. And then I think, well, think of all the hours he spent down the gym. And I feel better about how I'm not like that. But yeah, Carl Weathers, is, he's still a big... I mean, when you see him in uh, Arrested Development, he's, he's not a flabby old man now. Well, he's eating lots of Burger King. Is easy in a Burger King commercial over there. Uh, no, in Arrested Development, that's where they. Oh right, that's where he meets with Tobias Funke. Yes, I and they do the now. whole joke about Burger King's a great place. I can't wait for season four of that. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be Netflix only, I guess, exclusive. Netflix, are, Netflix are making it, and I'm not entirely 100 percent positive that that's going to happen. You know, they've been going on and on and on about Arrested Development, the movie. Also, it's all happening. It's being filmed right now, uh, I believe. And Netflix are financing the whole lot, the movie and the series. And the ser- at least the series, I don't know what they'll do with the movie, but at least the series will just be released in one go on Netflix. So once it's out, it's out. It's not next week, there's another one. It's just here's the next series. Don't get me wrong. I want it desperately. It's one of my favorite TV shows ever. Like I have the DVDs and they're almost worn out from being watched so much. And that's just before it went all up on Netflix. But I'm not so positive that it's going to get any kind of release in a theater. Oh, I don't, I don't think it will. I, I don't think it will be buying cinema tickets to the Arrested Development movie, but I'll, it, it will still exist. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to it. We're actually, this is way off topic. We're actually seeing a period now where the, the people making stuff 
is changing around greatly. Uh, Hulu are financing another series of In the Thick of It. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That's an English show as well. I've not heard of it, no. You'd, you'd like it very much. It's a political black comedy sort of thing. It's it's very good. The main character is very well known for being able to ruthlessly pull someone apart uh, with insults to in an artistic kind of way. It's It's beautiful to watch. Oh, I would like it then. Yeah. That sounds like it's uh, something that's based on my life. I think it's just called The Thick of It, actually. Uh, if, you, if you can get your hands on it, and I know you'll be able to, I heartily recommend it. You, you will like it. It's won, for it. won many awards. But the point is, uh, Hulu are making it. Because the BBC have stopped, and so Hulu have gone, well, we'll make some more. And when is this going to stop? How long before we see season two of Firefly? Because if I had $100 million and Netflix.com at my disposal, I'd be talking to Joss Whedon. That's just me. I know we're way off topic, but all our audience are nodding along. I would be doing that too. They're saying, oh yeah. Who's not joining Netflix to see the next season of Firefly, for God's sake? Anyway, you picked Apollo Creed. Yeah, I've got Apollo Creed. He's dancing all around in his Uncle Sam outfit. He's got the big Stars and Stripes hat on. And you put into the ring... Vinnie Jones. He's not a fictional person. He's enough of one, I think. <laughs> He's... <laughs> what? Are you saying that Vinnie Jones is <laughs> basically a Muppet? Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> this is an ex-footballer turned actor, if you want to call him that. Person who appears in films, I would like to call him. Uh, I note the subtle differences there. Uh, I actually don't hate him in films at all. I really don't. I don't in the performances I've seen him in. Don't have a problem with him. He was probably even quite no, good in them. Yeah, he's quite funny as like the the big tall kind of goon. Yeah, but he's being Vinnie Jones, and that's it. And he's the same in every film. Even when he's the juggernaut bitch, he's still Vinnie Jones, isn't he? He's just got the funny outfit on. Yeah, he's a, he's a professional cameo-er. Exactly. And so I count him as a fictional character in his own right. And also I'll be doing this again in two more turns, so we have to just go with him. Now, this would be interesting in the ring, because I think that Vinny would play dirty. Oh, absolutely. I think he'd be like hitting below the belt when the ref wasn't looking and biting his ears and shooting him and all kinds of other things that Vinnie Jones would do. I you know, I'm trying to think here and I'm not sure that most Americans would know that he came from football. Uh, but if they did, they would probably be able to identify him as that guy. What punched somebody else in the crotch during a game. Did he do that? I didn't know he did that. Isn't Vinnie Jones the guy who was famously uh, ejected from a game once for uh, for totally teacupping somebody? Uh, I have no idea. I'm j I'm Maybe I'm getting that mixed up. You you know I'm not good with soccer. Uh, Vinnie Jones punching man in groin. Uh, no. No, that's not. Then I'm that, totally that I don't know about, but. <laughs> As I understand it, because my knowledge of football is so limited, he, I believe he was quite an aggressive footballer, to say the least. But I don't, I don't remember him being a... 
I, the worst one in recent memory was Eric Cantona, who actually jumped over the barrier to kick someone in the crowd in the face. That was a long time ago now. but And he was French. So, but Vinnie Jones, yeah, I, 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 don't, I like to think he'd beat Apollo Creed. No, no, that, that doesn't seem fair. Apollo Creed should just destroy him, even if he fights dirty. As much as I like to see Vinnie Jones in a movie, I think that one or two punches from Apollo Creed would devastate him. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I get the feeling that as hard, you know, like if you and I had a fight, we could probably hurt each other and we'd think that we'd hit each other pretty hard. But I think it would just be nothing compared to what a professional boxer could do to either of us. It's, well, our fight would only last about 30 seconds before we were both winded and had to sit down. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> there is also that. Especially if I'm moving my arms about. That, that's hard work. That's hard work. Um, so I think Apollo Creed would win this, and he'd just destroy Vinnie Jones. I think so, too. Without a doubt. But I think you're going to win the next one, which is equestrianship. Because I kind of got lost on this one. I, I first wanted to use the guy who I used for the next category. But then I reneged. I saved that guy for later. I put uh, put the Headless Horseman down. Are, are you familiar with the Headless Horseman myth? Absolutely I am, yes. Okay. It's not really a myth. It's, I mean, just a O. Henry story from way back in the day. But I thought, hey, if uh, if you were riding against the Headless Horseman, you'd probably be distracted. I it's think not like you he would. could really go fast. He didn't even catch a about crane. No, and he's got no head, which I can't help but feel would be a hindrance. A, a navigatory problem. Yeah, I mean, maybe he'd be better off in the Paralympics. It, I don't know if they have equestrian events in there. You know, my problem with equestrianship has always been the same problem that I have with uh, NASCAR, which is that it really seems like it would be, and, and I'm probably wrong because I don't know anything about it, but it really seems like it would be more about your equipment than anything that the jockey does. I mean, isn't it just the biggest, strongest, fastest horse is going to win? Possibly. No, I, th- I, with the, I don't know. With the driving the cars events, I know it makes a difference because I know I couldn't get in a Formula One car and beat Michael Schumacher. And so there must be some driver skill involved. There, there just must be. Oh, there's definitely skill involved, but still, I mean, if, if you've got a bigger engine, then your odds automatically go up, is, is what I'm saying. If, if, you've, if you've got a better horse, yeah, and that might mean smarter, or it might mean more trainable, it might not necessarily mean the strongest, but whoever has the, the best horse is going to have the, the advantage. It's not really necessarily about the, the feat of human skill or the feat of human strength, it's about the, the horse. Well, is that could that not be said for a lot of sporting events? I mean, things like essentially what we're talking about is the quality of your equipment making a difference to your performance. And if you've got better equipment, then you can perform better than your competitor, whether that's a horse or a better designed bike or a better designed shark suit. If you're a swimmer or some better trainers to run in or what, I mean, it kind of all seems like the same sort of thing. I think there's a a very large difference in the scalability of the difference that a tennis racket is going to make versus the difference that a horse is going to make or the difference that a ping pong paddle is going to make. You know, there's there's a scale of economy there that's I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That that would seem to make sense. it's, It's more the horse. There's a lot of horse there. There seems to be a tipping point in some of these sports where 
there's nothing that you can do humanly to overcome the advantage that machinery might give you. And I'm not sure what the Olympics does. I'm, I know that in the bobsled race and things like that, the Olympic Committee has very strict guidelines on what your equipment can be. And so the advancements on the technology and a lot of that stuff has kind of come to a halt. It's, it's reached its scientific pinnacle. As we learned from the movie Cool Runnings, you can be disqualified and have your gold medals taken away for putting weights in the front of your bobsled. Right, right. So, you know, it does make a difference. And of course, I'm just coming to terms with how ludicrous it is that I even question whether or not they had horse riding events in the Paralympics. It just seems a little... I, <laughs> the more I it think didn't even it, phase me. I didn't even stop to think about it. <laughs> some of it, it just seems... Maybe they do, though. I, now I have to look this up in case we're just being ridiculous. Do you use an, an injured horse? Would that... Is it just well, the no, rider that sure would be? <laughs> I'm sure that there's special harnesses, maybe for someone who's a paraplegic. Yeah. Or maybe who's paralyzed from the waist down or something like that, or, or an amputee. All those horses in horse racing that they shoot because they break their leg, could they not go on to compete in the Paralympic equestrian events? <laughs> Is that not how that would work? No, oh. it would seem from the list of events that they do not. Oh, no! There is there. there. We're both, we're both dumb. Uh, they've been in the event in the Olympics since 1984. Um, so there you go. There's lots of pictures of uh, Paralympic competitors on horses, and the horses look fine. So uh, yeah. So I think you're going to win this one. Who do you put up against the headless horseman? Lara Croft. Of and you win automatically because of boobies. <laughs> I'm I'm happy with that. We can go with that. That's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Good I think call. It's, uh, I think it's pretty obvious to say that Lara Croft is a badass. And she would destroy the Endless Horseman in a fight. She is. And she's posh lady, so she's probably ridden horses. There's probably a horse riding scene in one of the games, I would imagine. And if there isn't, there should be. So I, I think that's right. She just wins. She can do all the jumping and stuff. Headless Horseman's not jumping anywhere. No. No. And he's not looking good while he's doing it. He's not looking stylish. He's not going to get points for uh, for performance and, and pre presentation from the judges. No, that's true. So I, I accept my win on that one. Also, because I think you're going to beat me on the next one. I think so, too. Uh, fencing. Now, this is cheating a little bit because he's not necessarily from the United States. But he is from the state of California when it was under Spanish rule. I, I chose Zorro. That's a good choice. I, I will he, give you, I'll give you Zorro. He is the fox. Yeah. He is. He's awesome. Uh, did you ever have a, a Zorro sword? Uh, that I, I was a pretty best with Zorro when I was little. So yeah, there was the Zorro cape, the Zorro hat, the Zorro mask, the Zorro sword, the whole nine yards. I loved Zorro. And I think it was from the old Disney movies that I picked up on him. You know, the, have you seen the old black and white ones? I haven't seen the black and white ones now. Uh, when I was really little before the Antonio Banderas one came out, I, I used to watch those all the time. There was also a Zorro serialized TV show here that aired on family channel back before it was owned by Disney. No, that I, I have seen that. That used to be on here as well. Yeah. That, that was perhaps my first exposure to Zorro. And then it turned out my dad liked Zorro when he was little. And yeah, you could get a sword which had chalk on the end. And so you could write a 
a Z on things or a Z on things with you sort of like he did, but without slashing anyone's chest open, as children would tend to do with such a thing. Now I would say that these days I'm a Batman fan, not a Zorro fan, but they're basically the same person, right? They're the they're the non superhuman vigilante crime fighter. Yeah, am I right in thinking Zorro's a rich, wealthy guy who protects the poor people from Exactly. The, yeah. It's, He's like Batman meets Robin Hood. He is. Zorro should be the greatest superhero of them all, actually. There needs to be a modern-day Zorro series. Or a modern-day Zorro movie. I'm not sure why the, uh, that hasn't gotten a reboot. It seems like an obvious one for a reboot. It took them a while to do the original movie, didn't it? Or the, yeah. By which I mean the Antonio Banderas film. Which was actually... I really enjoyed that movie. I love that movie. And honestly, we shouldn't call it an Antonio Banderas film. What should it should be an Anthony Hopkins film. Yes, he does steal things a little bit in that film, doesn't he? There was a sequel, which I've never seen. Nor have I. I don't know why. I think it's because I was too cool when that came out. Uh, that would have been later high school. I, I, My issue with, with Zorro is it's one of those films, and there's still no explanation as to why this happens, is I, I will never want to watch it. I never wanted to watch it in the first place. I don't want to watch it now. I don't own it. I don't care if I ever see that movie again. But I have seen it twice and really genuinely enjoyed it both times. I don't have a bad word to say against it. It's a fine... I'd recommend it to other people. Go and watch it, people. But it's. It, I have that invisible sort of barrier. Just like, I don't want to watch it. So that, I think that's why I never watched the second one because no one ever sat me down and made me watch it. I don't know what that's about, but it's, it is true. He's going to beat my now, guy. Zorro's going, up, Zorro's going up against a slightly lesser known Hugo Drax. I only picked this guy because he was, A, he was on the list, B, he, he's a baddie, and Zorro's a goodie, so at least we've got that element there. I, the guy probably can't fence, and I never saw him with a sword, and uh, James Bond killed him in space anyway. So uh, it, it just this one just goes straight to you, without a doubt. You know, when I first saw that name, it didn't hit me that that was the guy from Moonraker. For whatever reason, I knew that he was a James Bond character, but I thought that he was the fencer from the, the last Pierce Brosnan one. That would have the been really a really shitty one. I nearly picked him, but he's not English. Well, technically, he was Korean, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. My friend. That was the whole thing. He was getting the genetic therapy to make him look like he was white. Exactly. So I, c I couldn't pick him in all good conscience. He's not English, whereas Hugo Drax apparently is and was was just the guy who was stood there on the day of the event. No other good reason for him being there. He, he loses quite quickly. So I'm going to claim victory there, but you're going to win the next one. Okay. And you chose somebody who doesn't really have anything to, at all to do with field hockey, but I choose or I, I think that this person just by virtue of who he is and what he does would destroy almost anyone that we put up against him. Yeah. So I'm, I'll open this one off with, uh, Sean Bean. Who, who's another non-fictional character. He is, but for the same reason that Vinnie Jones is on there, Sean Bean also gets away with it. That's, that's my opinion. Other people might disagree with me. Um, I'm not, I'm not using this to knock Sean Bean in the slightest. I'm a big Sean Bean fan. I've just yet to see him not be Sean Bean. That's all I'm saying. 
Now, you have seen all the way to the end of the current run of Game of Thrones. Yes, I have. Yes. Uh, Sean Bean's a badass in everything that he's in, but I, I like that character the best. Oh, right. Why, why is that? Because he's not relying on the muscle or his sinisterness like he is in a lot of movies. Like he, he's, uh, he's relying on what's almost good old-fashioned American founding values of honesty and all that stuff that we think that our founding fathers stood for. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, he's an honorable character. He really he, is. Very much, yeah. He's, he's all about if you're going to kill somebody, you should do it with your own hands. You shouldn't hide behind someone else. He takes responsibility for his actions. Oh, and they get in with that in the first 10 minutes, don't they? Of all of Game of Thrones, when he, he gets the guy right at the beginning of the first episode and gives that speech to his kids. Right, the guy who runs away from the wall. Yeah. He says, the deserters have to go, and I'm not going to make somebody else execute him. I'm going to do it myself with my awesome big sword. Yeah. And so you, right away, you just kicked in the balls with respect. Is is how that's how much you get respect for that guy. That one just came <laughs> out. I'm sorry about. It. I would never have written that one. Um, but yeah. Now, sure. does he get to use his sword on the field hockey field? Um. Well, let's let's talk about your guy first because I I feel that has some bearing on it. Well, Casey Jones, I don't think that you would be able to part him from his hockey stick. You see, the re- that's his weapon of choice. And it's it's an extension of him. Yeah, and and the big sword is the same for Sean Bean, and so I I think just because Casey Jones has brought something that coincidentally happens to be the official equipment of the game, you know that's his problem. Sean Bean brought a big sword. That's thinking ahead. That is so. Yeah, Sean Bean gets to use his sword and destroys Casey Jones at field hockey without even a second thought. Yeah, just dispatches him right away there's not even a game it's it's the the score is one nothing it's over in 30 seconds and sean bean just goes home to his 19 year old girlfriend or something you know what i think that you're gonna win the next one too because i chose a fun one not necessarily a good one and it's gymnastics and uh and your guy's pretty strong he's good at the old gymnastics is tarzan or it's lord greystoke isn't it Yes, yes. Uh, Tarzan, as we call him here. Tarzan. Is that what you call him there? Yeah, you guys are so, so, oh, man, I just wish I could steal some of that accent. You've got your Tarzan. Tarzan, yeah. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, I, he's, he's all there swinging through the trees with impossible upper body arm strength uh, and raised by gorillas. What more do you want? That's gymnastics right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very acrobatic. Uh, Have you ever seen the big hit? No, I was just looking this up, actually, and in the hope that seeing the film might, or whatever it was, trigger my memory, and it didn't, unfortunately. I have no idea what this is. But it has Avery Brooks. Yeah, Cisco, Ben Cisco, And it's got Lou Diamond Phillips, but the guy I chose was Melvin Smiley, who is played by Marky Mark. Yeah. And have you ever seen the movie Jim Cotta? No, I've never seen that either. Okay, so I'm striking out big time. Anyway, Melvin Smiley is kind of like a gymnast who does uh, who does gun fu. Right. He does lots of spinning, and 
using objects like pommel horses and flips and twists and that sort of thing. He, he's he's the assassin with the heart of gold. Right, I see. Almost it's like... a terrible, terrible movie, but it's one of those that... Oh, it's just such a guilty pleasure for me. It's so fun to watch. It sounds a little bit like that other film with Sean Bean that I've forgotten the name of. It also has Christian Bale. Um, Ballistic? No, that was... Equilibrium. Equilibrium. There's lots of acrobatics with guns in that movie. It's an awful, awful film. But there's lots of acrobatics with guns. <clears throat> and so it, that's that's what it makes me think of. But again, I've not seen the one you're talking about. I think the, the upshot is this is basically Tarzan wins. Definitely. Uh, judo is next. This would be an awesome thing to watch. Without a doubt. Because I'm not sure that my character knows judo. But yours definitely does and demonstrates it often on screen. He does and ever so, ever so well. Uh, my character for this one is, of course, James Bond. And I thought you were going to choose James Bond for every every single category that we did tonight. It, I fully anticipated you doing that. It could have happened, though. I mean, archery, boxing, horse riding, fencing, gymnastics, all the fighting ones, track and... F- James Bond would be an excellent competitor at all of these. He's the total package. He really is. Isn't that what's so lovely about him, though? That's that's the best thing. He can. He's almost Superman. But with the best thing that Superman doesn't have is vulnerability. Would you say that's always been the problem with Superman? That he is super. You've got, anyone who tries to in some way kill or destroy Superman has to come up with some weird, fantastical, non-existent thing to destroy him with, like kryptonite or whatever. James magic. Bond. Superman is weak against magic. Yeah. Whereas James Bond, you could just shoot him in the head. Done. If only Hugo Drax had have realized that, then it would have been sorted out a lot quicker and he would have got to populate the Earth with pretty people like he wanted to. But Now, I specifically avoided putting Clark Kent on my list at all, and I actually did have him down for one category that we got rid of, but it was just kind of a cop-out. But um, I've always kind of hated Superman for the, <laughs> for the reason that you said, but also because Superman has a problem. Uh, he he always goes with the ideal to the exclusion of the practical. Right. And that's why I like Batman, because Batman's always like, okay, I know what the right thing is to do. What's the closest thing to the right thing that I can do to still get the good result? I saw the movie the other day, you know. I haven't. Shh. Don't ruin anything. Oh, I, I couldn't possibly. No, don't tell me he dies. I, I won't tell you anything about the plot of the film. <laughs> Um, I did not enjoy the film. No, no, really, I did not. That's enjoy. not a good review for me. I I didn't want to hear that. I I did not enjoy the film. Other people may enjoy the film, um, and I of course, having publicly said that I didn't enjoy the film, have incurred the wrath of the nerds who haven't seen it yet. How dare I say that I didn't enjoy a Christopher Nolan Batman film? I don't know why no one saw it coming. I said the last one was awful as well. Uh. But, yeah, I did not enjoy it. Now, I know this is getting off track, but I heard it um, described somewhere else as it's still not a bad film. It's it's a nominally good film. It's They would describe it as a better film than it is a bad film. You know where I'm coming? It's, it's above the 50% mark. But they would put it definitely below the other two entries in the Nolan series. 
I actually would rate it as the second in the Nolan series. You don't like Begins, eh? No, I like Begins. I think Begins is the best one. Really? Yeah. I There's an opinion you don't hear very often. I, I have had trouble articulating just how awful I thought The Dark Knight was from beginning to end. I, I just have absolutely nothing good to say about that film whatsoever. Now, At Rich, all. you know that I love you. And, I know. And, and I, I'm not really keen on saying bad things about you, but when it comes to your taste in comic book movies, I am a little bit suspicious. It's just, there's only been, I generally like all of them. I really do. The only ones I've obviously not liked were Watchmen and The Dark Knight. And now Which Dark Knight really Rises. raises red flags. It, it's just those two, though. I like all the others. <laughs> and I tell you what, 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 the, the, what the last Batman had that the others didn't have was Anne Hathaway, who carried most of the film very well. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well was excellent. Uh Bane as a character was horrific and the way they portrayed him and implemented it was equally bad. In fact, in honor of that, I'm going to do the rest of the podcast like this so that it sounds like Bane. Because this is what you get for about three hours. And then I complained that I couldn't tell what he was said and people told me I was wrong. Which I, I don't know how you can do that. Like, you're wrong. What, I did understand him? No. Okay. So that's that's what it was like. Didn't like. So it. would you say it's a no go at the theater? Would you wait to see it on DVD if you had to to do over again? No, if you've if you've seen the other two, if you enjoyed the other two, you'll probably enjoy this one. I would. Do you know what? I would rarely rec- whatever I think of it. If you if it's the last episode of a trilogy or something like that, I would never say don't watch it. You've got if I'll watch so much if I've seen the first two of something. Really, I so, told people not to go see the third Matrix movie. That's kind of, yeah, that might be the one exception. Because I think, yeah, hmm, yeah, they they did ruin everything with that one, didn't they? Uh, but with this one, no. If you if you enjoyed the last two, if you, you know, then you'll enjoy this one. It wasn't a. It wasn't a bad Batman film in the Christopher Nolan range, and it was certainly better than Batman Forever. I just felt it really went on. I didn't like the way they did Bane. The fact that it was Tom Hardy was irrelevant. It could have been anyone. And it just had so many little holes and flaws in it. And it just bugged me so much. It really did, especially when they talk about... I don't know if I want to tell you this, but no, I won't tell it you. There's something in it that's just so ridiculous. I, a laugh audibly escaped me in the cinema, and everyone looked at me. Don't tell I me. I won't tell you what it is, but I'm wondering if you might, once you've seen it, you might be able to go, that's the bit that made Rich laugh. I'll we'll probably I, find out next week. Yeah. I have a hunch I'm going to go sneak off and see it sometime this week. I, I think you'll know exactly what it is. And you'll go, that's the thing that made Rich laugh. And that was the point at which something in my brain went, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm going. Bye. And not in a good way. I then tried to sleep a bit, but lots of explosions happened. So the guy sat next to me actually did fall asleep. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. To be fair, he drunk maybe 30 cans of beer over the two days previous. So, you know, that was possibly something to do with it. 
but anyway. I like Tim Burton's Batman. That is what I have to say about that. I enjoyed Tim Burton's Batman. The first one, and maybe even the second one too, actually. And I actually saw Batman Forever many times. The fourth one of those is awful, though. The one with, with Arnie. That's just terrible. Yes. Uh, we were talking judo. We were. We were having... Were we? <laughs> yeah, we were. Neo versus James Bond. Yeah, I chose Neo. Uh, as good as James Bond is, I don't think that he can beat Jesus. There... Slash Superman. Jesus Superman. Well, here's the thing. Here's my question for you, right? Is Neo in or out of the Matrix? Does it matter? Yes. Because I think he demonstrated in the second movie that he could affect the world around him anyway. I think he has to be in the Matrix if he's going to be an American. Because out of the Matrix, what what country are they all in? Where? Right, he's a citizen of Zion. Exactly. If he, you know, he's kind of American-ish in the the Matrix, but it's never... It's never that, I, now I think about it, it never actually says, does it? It's not like that here he is in New York or something like that. It's just an American-like city. I always kind of hoped that uh, when he was woken up from the Matrix, that that was going to prove to just be another Matrix. That would have been another an interesting twist. It would have been a much more interesting twist than they actually did come up with. But then anything could be. I didn't complete the training. Oh. Yeah. Just, oh. I, it amazes me that these things get made. That that line got through all the script revisions, all the editors, when they'd filmed it and they heard the dialogue said out loud. They didn't think, oh, God, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. We can't put Well, the Wachowskis in. are pretty much auteurs. I mean, and that's the problem with having an auteur, is that, or, or two of them together, I guess, but... It's that with so much control over your product, you don't uh, you don't necessarily have the bad stuff screened out. That's that's very true. It works out all right if you're uh, Werner Herzog, but uh, if you're the Wachowski brothers, it can be a little touch and go. You can't say the Wachowski brothers anymore, Rich. Sorry, yes, of course, the Wachowski siblings. <laughs> so we're up to sailing. Now, and I'm tempted to give you this point, too. Yeah, but I don't want it. I want you to have this one, because that makes me smile a lot more. It really does. Yeah. And plus, I think that your one is a character that kids are just not getting anymore. No, there is a serious lack of Popeye in the world right now. Yeah. And I mean, God, this is a character that's been around since time began. Uh, but they, I, I've always felt that there has been some sort of iteration of Popeye. I mean, Popeye used to be on with currently made Popeye cartoons when I was coming home from school eating my tea in front of the TV. Uh, do you know what? I was a big fan of Popeye and Son. Which was oh a, wow yeah. yeah I remember that the bizarre... it was the uh, it was the new Scooby Doo Adventures of the Popeye world instead of Scrappy Doo there was the Popeye's kid yeah. And that used to be on a lot. I kind of always, I think I remember the theme tune to that as well. I wonder if I could, yeah, I can, I think I can remember that. Yeah, I, can. I used to watch the Popeye cartoons every day after school, but it, Popeye is still a franchise that doesn't hold, as cool as he is, as spinach hogging as he is, as, as, uh, as awesome as Popeye's exploits are, 
I don't think that he stands a chance against Captain Jack Sparrow. You chose well. It is a good entrant, isn't it? I mean, he's he's Captain Jack Sparrow. So, maybe he does just win. And plus, he's pretty cool. He keeps turning up at British primary schools, you know. Which is... Right. Wasn't there something where he went to visit a kid who uh, who had cancer? That's how it started, as I understand it. Johnny Depp has a great love of the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital in London. There was an incident a few years ago where his own little girl was saved there. And so ever since then, he's been a big helper of theirs and, and all kinds of things for, for sick children. He's, he seems to be an insanely cool guy when it comes to that sort of thing. And he did, there, there was one day suddenly this story of he came to read to the kids in the, the children's hospital as Captain Jack Sparrow, which was awesome. But then in the year or two that has followed that, he didn't leave it there. He started just turning up at schools and stuff. And, you know, kids writing to Captain Jack Sparrow, come, will you come to my school? And he does, he goes to their school. And it's amazing. If can't... you had as much money as Johnny Depp did, yeah, wouldn't you want to do something like that? I mean, oh, yeah. you've branded this character. You've brought this guy to life. This guy that's a hero to all these kids. Your movie franchises have grossed billions of dollars worldwide. I'd want to spend my quasi-retirement, my, my free time as probably the world's most prolific actor doing something like that in a hospital. That's awesome. Isn't it just? And I can't, I can't imagine what that must be like as a kid. Just actually there's Captain Jack Sparrow. Because I think I maintain that kids are clever enough to know when it's just some dude dressed up. You know, like, I, I, I for an example, I was never full... No, that's not... A, <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say, I was never fooled by the, sh- the, the, the shopping center Santa Claus. I knew it wasn't the real guy. And then I just realized what i'm actually saying so we'll cut that bit but i mean like i could get a captain jack sparrow fancy dress outfit and i'm fooling no one kids are not going to be impressed by me they know i'm not johnny depp and they have no concept that johnny depp is this huge hollywood movie star why would he come to england why would he come to your school that sort of thing doesn't enter their head so to have him actually do it is just amazing have you heard the thing here recently, just within the last couple of weeks, that Ron Perlman did the same thing in full Hellboy garb? Yeah, I did. And that is even more... That's actually, I think, more awesome because he's more of a fantastical character. I mean, Captain Jack Sparrow is just a guy, but Hellboy's Hellboy. So that... And I saw the photo. It looked amazing. And yeah. he earned like 20,000 points in my mind. Yeah, Absolutely. It's such an awesome thing to do. It really is. And I, I, I kind of think you should, You almost have a responsibility to do nice things like that if you're going to be these characters. Almost. Well, people say that uh, celebrities, by virtue of being a celebrity, give up some of their privacy rights. And I think it's the other way around, too. You, you almost also incur, maybe not to all fans, but to some fans who need a little bit of help, you incur some sort of responsibility to to somehow use that character or use that fame to help them out. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a nice idea, that. Yeah, I, tr- I try to do whatever I can pretending to be rich from movies you should see. <laughs> what, you mean you're not rolling around in Uncle Scrooge's money bin? No. 
uh, I, I just that's what I do. I go out spreading goodwill, talking to kids as rich from movies you should see. They all scream and shout stranger stranger danger and run away. But I do my best. Don't come Look, round police. I don't really go out talking to kids. <laughs> Looking at the next category, we're up to shooting. And I have no idea who Vanessa Kens- Kensington is. It's it's the woman who married Austin Powers. It's Oh, Vanessa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. I couldn't think of her name until you said it. But that's who it is. And again, just someone I saw on the list. But I would imagine quite good with a gun. Well, in The Spy Who Shagged Me, she's got twin guns. Exactly. So I think this would be an interesting shooting match. Plus... Your guy's going to be coughing his guts up all the time. Yeah, but Doc Holliday, I've got it marked down. We're talking about the Val Kilmer iteration of Doc Holliday from Tombstone. He's got all the right moves. <laughs> Do you know how much I love that movie? I don't. I, I'm beginning to realize. <laughs> I walk around quoting that movie all the time. I haven't seen it for years, you know. We were going to do it as a movie you should see. And so, when movies you should see comes back, yeah, I challenge thee. I, I, we have it here. It's it's ready to be watched again, and I have seen it, and I enjoyed it very much. And I, I'm a big fan of Kurt Russell, and sometimes of Val Kilmer. And in fact, in this case, definitely Val Kilmer. I'm aware he did an, an excellent job in this this movie. Uh, so it's it's definitely worth a watch if you've never seen it. Rich, yeah, I'll be your Huckleberry. Is that in that? I don't remember it enough. <laughs> and the movie's chock full of great lines. Right. I will, I will uh, give this another watch. I am going to say, though, that Doc Holliday in a, in a duel would take out Vanessa. I'll give you that. He's, he's a cowboy or of that kind of ilk, and so probably much better suited to dueling. Although they don't duel, this is Olympic shooting. It's not one man left standing wins. They have it's to shoot about, targets. It's still, it's still about marksmanship, though. Right, your accuracy. Hmm. Okay, well, you, you have that one if you want. That's fine. You can have the next one as well, actually. I don't really like the next one. It's a... Yeah, okay. Why don't you like this one? Uh swimming it's another one of those how fast can you go a certain distance kind of ones it's kind of boring i i understand that there is skill to swimming don't get me wrong but it's not as dynamic a skill as shooting or judo where it's not about repetition or perfecting the the exact form of what you're doing uh you know judo let's let's just compare judo with swimming judo is all about thinking quickly and making good decisions based on what the other person is doing. Yeah. And swimming is really just about doing that one exact mechanic that you have trained for over and over and over again. I see what you mean. Uh, it's it's the difference in sports between sports where you can and can't affect the performance of your opponent. Yeah. So exactly. We, we've got a nice mix of those. I mean, archery, no. Equestrian events, no. Fencing, Yes. And boxing, very much so. And swimming is not one of those. It doesn't um, even have to be where there's an opponent to go up against, but where there's some outside, some external factor that affects the decisions that you make that determine how well you do. Like skiing is really a solo sport. 
But depending on the changes of the course or the conditions outside or how fast the wind is going or whether the snow is powdery or densely packed, that all def affects what choices you make on how to get down the hill the fastest. The swimming, the pool is going to be the pool no matter what. Yeah, it's just you do the stroke and how quickly can you do that? Right. I, I see what you mean. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's almost robotic. I remember my dad complaining about sports in the same way. In exactly the same way. And in fact, maybe quite recently since he took up golf as well, because that's another one. You can't you can't be better. You can't make someone struggle at golf that you're playing. They have their go and that's it. Um, although golf is it, that's kind of halfway between the two, because all the things that you said about skiing, even though it's a solo sport, the environment has a massive effect on you. The same is true of golf. Right, there's wind, there's uh, sun or rain, there's the different course layouts. Golf is somewhat variable, but you don't ever see like a swimming pool with obstacles in it. There's never a sand no. trap in there. Exactly. I mean, you can't really say that you... I, I would argue you can't even say you beat someone at golf. You can just say, I was better at that than you were. Whereas you def you can beat someone at boxing. Does and that... don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not disparaging swimmers at all. I'm not saying that it's not a sport. I'm not saying that it's not worthwhile. I'm not saying that it's not a, an incredible feat when Michael Phelps does what he does in the pool. I'm, I'm just saying that from a perspector, uh, uh, spectator's perspective, it's, it's just not as interesting. Yeah, I, to I totally understand. I totally understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm kind of with you on it. But I chose Aquaman. See, that's a good one. I was stuck with David Walliams, star of Little Britain, and uh, what was that dinner for schmucks? He was in that as well. Uh, he actually was he in that movie. He he was the Swedish businessman. Okay, that's him. He's not really Swedish, um, but he actually did swim the Channel, and has continued to do a number of sporting charity swimming events. I think he swam down the Thames, which is a feat in itself to do that without being dissolved. You know, or, or just sick all the way down. It's not a clean river. You wouldn't get in it. Um, but he swam down it. Uh, so he's he's very good at swimming. Best I could come up with there. Now, the English Channel is 21 miles at its narrowest part. Strait so, of Dover. I'm guessing that that's when people swim the, the channel, they swim the Strait of Dover. Yeah, absolutely. 21 miles. It, I'd be dead about three quarters of a mile in. It's 21 miles of extremely cold water. I mean, for a start, it's, it, this is not warm. You, you obviously can't die in it. Or Actually, I don't know if you could. If you just sat there, maybe you would. But, you know, it's extremely cold water. It's also the busiest shipping lane in the world. Which means it's choppy, choppy, choppy. Very choppy and full of extremely large boats that can't do a great deal about it if they're coming towards you. You know, it's not like they just turn left and go around you. These things are enormous. And so when you swim it, you're playing a giant game of Frogger. Basically, yeah. So only very few people have done this. Um, I don't know how many of the people who attempted it have been mown down by shipping, but I imagine it's a factor. I think they have a boat that goes with them to get them out if they need to. Like you there's probably also clearances and radio broadcasts to ships who are coming saying, hey, look, there's a dickhole. You know, swimming across. Please don't hit the the jackass. Yeah, that's in the water. 
That's what they do. And as we learn with the Top Gear show as well, they're surprisingly lenient over who they just let piss around in there. <laughs> that that bit of that, that episode of Top Gear where they're halfway out and the Coast Guard do a fly past and get them on the radio and they're just like, we're just trying to get to France faster than Richard Branson did it. Like, good luck. All right, cheers. Fine, carry on. <laughs> now I'm going to say you win that on two fronts. First of all, uh, that somebody actually swims the channel, that just makes them badass. And second, Aquaman is technically a citizen of Atlantis, not the U.S. So yeah, there is that. Him. Yeah. Yep. So you get David Williams, who I swore when I saw it pop up on the spreadsheet that you had misspelled it. No, that's that's it's Williams. That's it. That's the correct one. Now we go from swimming to synchronized swimming, which is an entirely different sport. And I'm this one. I'm almost kind of willing to say is not a sport. This oh, yeah. one is a performance art. I don't think it is in any way a sport, and I think even in performance arts, it's pretty low down the list. Now, there's always these conversations during the Olympic years when people say, is this a sport, is this not a sport? Not just with synchronized swimming, but with other things too, like uh, ping pong, uh, or wasn't there a couple years ago where they were trying to get poker in the Olympics? I've never heard of that one. Um, I feel I want to bring up the list of... uh actual olympic events from this year see what the the weird ones are because there's always weird ones uh, synchronized now, swimming i understand that there's athletic ability that goes into it but it's it's really about how closely together you do it it's it's almost like saying tap dancing should be an olympic sport yeah uh i'm with you on that ballroom dancing was in there a couple of year, a couple of olympics Ugh. ago and i'm seeing now on this year's list cycling bmx the cycling BMX, cycling mountain bike, cycling road, and cycling track. Now, see, I'd be more willing to say cycling BMX should be a sport than even equestrianship, because the horse is doing a lot of the work in the equestrianship competition. Yeah, you're putting all of the energy into the BMX when you're on top of it. It's not like yours is going to go faster because it has stronger legs. It's it's your legs. You're you're expending the your skill is going into it. You are driving it. Yeah, um, and the, the the BMX was in it last year as well. It might actually be interesting watching year. that competition. Last Olympics. Not as many U.S. entrants as you would think. There are but three. I would think I would have, I had this one down as a why not just give it to America kind of medal. But it seems to be quite dominated by the Germans. A synchronized swimming... You chose Emma Peel. Yes. Which Emma Peel did you choose? Uh, thingy from the Avengers. What's um? Now there's been the Avengers movie and there's been the Avengers show. Yeah, so I'm I, curious I mean the show one. Diana Rigg. Okay, that might have a better choice, a uh, chance of winning. Yeah, that's um, not Uma Thurman. I've never understood people who think she's good looking in any way. Who? Uma, Thur- Emma, uh, Uma Thurman. Really? As we both just, search yeah. for images of Uma Thurman. Yeah. What, what's wrong with Uma Thurman? Uh, I'd ha- I have issue with her name more than the way she looks. Her her face is very... It's it's not Hellenistic beauty. It's not the kind of girl that I would go th- for. I, I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder and you can like whoever you want, but... It just looks very blocky and rough-hewn to me. 
Fair enough. I can't. I can't say I agree with you on on the, on this one. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at pictures now. Without trying to be too crude, she'd well get it. And I'll be honest, when I chose my entry, it was based solely on looks because synchronized swimming, like I said, it's more of a performance thing. I I would have a hard time picking someone who would be better at it than anyone else. I it, honestly, I reckon you could learn it in an afternoon. I I honestly think if you can swim already, and you're a reasonably confident swimmer, I you just got to learn the routines. Is there anything going on there that is in some way a feat of physical ability? I'm sure that they have to be extremely toned. They're doing a lot of sharp turns and diving and that sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, I'm. You know, I bet there's no big fat people doing it and stuff like that. But really, is it? It's not going to be like the phys- the level of physicality required to do regular swimming. Surely not. But I chose someone from TV who, on her TV show, Saved by the Bell, was a varsity swimmer. Really, was she? Kelly Kapowski. What what is varsity? Uh, varsity means in most American high schools, there's two levels of competition. There's junior varsity and there's varsity. A lot of them also have freshmen, but they're basically two different skill levels. And varsity typically is filled up with the older students, people who are in grades 11 and 12, juniors and seniors. But uh, if, if you are of a special skill at an earlier age, you can move up to varsity too. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the pros versus the farm league. Right, I understand. I see what you mean. Well, I don't know. Kelly Kapowski versus Emma Peel. Really just based on sexism and, and, and being a, a pig. Do you know what? Based on that alone, I have to say I think we should give it to Emma Peel because she's an adult. <laughs> okay, agreed. That's That's where I am with that. You just don't want to feel like a pedo. Well, you know, we're we're in that, we've discussed this before, we're in this funny gray area of, I don't, I wouldn't fancy Kelly Kapowski right now, but when, when she was first on television, and I was, we were, what, 12 or something, then, yeah. A little older. A sure. little older, but, Definitely yeah. Definitely an appropriate age. Yeah, that was fine. And, but now I'm in my 30s, and it seems a little creepy, I think. So, based on that, I'm going with Emma Peel. Okay, we'll do Emma Peel. Uh, I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, she married uh, James intense. Bond as well. So, yeah. Wait, time out. Back up. Who married James Bond? Uh, Diana Rigg in uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. She did, didn't she? George Lazenby. Yeah, she was James Bond's wife that got shot in the face. I always forget about that movie. Everybody That's forgets. The one that just gets scrubbed out of the continuity. Yeah. Although it fits in perfectly because they mentioned this character many times throughout the the films that follow. In fact, even up to what was it, License to Kill, when Felix Leiter gets married, James Bond is all depressed, and uh-huh. and, and he's, yeah, yeah, and You're Felix's right. wife is, oh, when are you going to get married? And he's, oh, maybe one day, but I'm really sad. Bye. And then Felix, oh, you shouldn't have said that. His wife got shot in the face, you know. And so that's it, yeah. It's it so it fits in, but they never really mention it. But and plus that breaks the concept that James Bond is just like it it's not all the same guy. Which I love as a theory. I really enjoy that. That each James Bond really is a different guy. And that I, I don't like that theory. <clears throat> do you not like that? 
I don't I'd, like I'd that. I love theory. that theory. Because when you make an emotional attachment to a character, it's to the character. It's not to a title that the character holds. I, I see what you mean. Uh, it would it, be like saying if Captain Kirk, uh, if there were three Captain Kirks. I don't like that. No, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, it, it it really only, for me, it kind of only works with James Bond. And, and it, it I could never accept it because it's not true. It's just one of those internet what-if things. It's not really true. He's not really the same guy because it doesn't fit. But At any rate, it would be redundant because you wouldn't need to have a position called James Bond and a position called 007. Exactly. It, it actually makes no sense when you start to analyze it, does it? Uh, next one I'm going to give to you. Yes, you are. Of yeah, course you there's, are. there's no arguing here, is there? Because this is table tennis. And you have Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, the rain man of ping pong. Oh, He's yeah. going to win. Yeah. And he, you just kind of threw yours in there because you like that character. I know how you think. Allison suggested it to me when I went back downstairs earlier. <laughs> um, Super Ted. He'd have a go. I think he'd give it the old college try, so to speak. But I, I think even his little rocket boots wouldn't help him beat Forrest Gump at table tennis. Now, he is magical, so he might have an edge that way. Yeah, but he's not magical in a good at ping pong kind of way. I shouldn't say ping pong. It's not ping pong, is it? It's table tennis. I've never liked that distinction. Because I don't think that when people say ping pong, they're doing it from a racial motivation. Yeah, it's... I, I think it's onomatopoeic. Yeah. The ball goes ping, and then it goes pong. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and it is, that's also that's back in the Olympics this year. Was this not one of the ones we added? When you say we, do you mean Britain? Yeah. It was my... Oh, I don't know. It was my... See, I would have thought that it came from an Asian country because they usually win. Hang on. By the UK. It was the, my... The South Korean uh, table tennis players are just amazing. Oh, yeah. It's it's another one of those that they're just so good at. It's yeah, they're almost Forrest Gump like. Um, but yeah, it I was just it was my understanding, and this could just be completely wrong, but it was my understanding that the host nation of the games is allowed to not, uh, add two events to the games, like there's a standard set. And if you, you know, you can then add two. And I think the one of the ones we added was table tennis. But having said that, I'm looking at table tennis on the Olympic website and it's got footage from the Beijing table tennis. Maybe the Chinese added it also. It was added in 1931. Right. So I'm just or, well. That's when the proposals started coming. I think it was the 32 games. So I'm just talking rubbish then, really. Okay. Oh, where did I get? No, that there must be something in that. Um, Olympic host nation adding. Uh, I guess events. it was. I guess looking at this, it was it was later on. First proposed in 1931. By 19 by the 1938 Table Tennis World Championships, they were still talking about trying to get it into the Olympics. 
All right, I found on Yahoo Answers, do Olympic host countries get to choose a new sport to include in the Games? They answered no. <laughs> Basically, no. No, they don't. Uh, the only place where a country and host city has any leeway is in the cultural program. That program has included official and unofficial demonstration sports in the past. This is including tennis and baseball at the LA Games, curling at the Calgary Winter Games, sumo wrestling at the Nagano Winter Olympics, rodeo at the Salt Lake Winter Games, and cheerleading at the 2006 Torino Winter Games. So, yeah. And reading further here, it says uh, the table te- table tennis was admitted to the Summer Olympics program beginning with the 1988 Olympic Games in Seoul, South Korea. That's the first Olympics that I remember being especially aware of. You would have been alive for the 84 ones. Yeah. And you would have been just just born for the 80 ones. You were probably, uh, those are the 88 ones were probably the first ones that you would have been able to understand, period. Yeah. Um, you, you and I both were, were the same age. That, I, I remember that was the time when we did, as a project at school, the Olympics. That sort of thing. And you do the... I might, you, this might be totally surreal to you. Uh, when you do the idea of you'd have a subject topic for a term and kind of every bit of work that you did in class over that term would in some way revolve around that topic. And so you'd have for this term olympics so history would be history of the olympics and sports and all this sorts of things before you were old enough to be doing proper individual subjects is that completely crazy to you oh that sounds realistic yeah so the 88 olympics i remember very distinctly being at school and doing all the olympic stuff and you drawing the mascot in art class and all kinds of things like that so that that was the first one I, I really got into. We're getting down toward the end of the list here. I'm looking at the next one. Is, it's Taekwondo. We both kind of chose bullshit entries for this one. Mr. Miyagi versus Austin Powers. Do you know what, though? I'd watch that fight. That would be this awesome. This fight could last to the death. I mean, this is this is actually a really good one just because they're so different and stupid. Yeah. it's It's one I could... It would either last to the death or just indefinitely forever they'd just be i think these two are just so evenly matched in various ways because okay it would be like the new cosmic yin and yang yeah it would just this fight would continue forever even after the world had come to an end there would be a bubble in space of austin powers and mr miyagi continually fighting in taekwondo forever so i don't have you watched either of those movies lately no i haven't no the karate kid is a super Super great movie. Do you know how little karate there is in that movie? <laughs> There's very little, isn't there? There's like two and a half minutes of karate in that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, but Mr. Miyagi is definitely the star. His story is really touching. And it gets deeper in the second one as well. Yeah. It, it's I'm still kind of unclear on what his story is. Is it that he was so he was in World War Two? He was, uh, yeah, he was a soldier, a Japanese soldier in World War II. Or was it a, yeah, a Japanese soldier in World War II. His uh, son and his wife were rounded up and put in an internment camp in the U.S. and died there, I think. Right. Oh, I see. Right, yeah, that is the same story. I didn't know that's what it was. 
that's that's i've got to go back and watch these now i'm guessing to bring you back up austin powers yeah austin (laughs) powers that's all you need to say isn't it really that's a film i could do watching again you know what since the whole stupid quotes thing has died down and everybody has given up on the whole baby thing uh austin powers has gone back to being a great movie that you can watch again without being ashamed would you say so i i never had a problem with it i always enjoyed that film I've always enjoyed that film too, but there was a point at the height of the spy who shagged me craze where you just couldn't put it in again. That's yeah, I suppose so. Mind you, sticking it in the DVD player just one more time, you you would probably you know go grab a gun. It's one of those that Heather Graham did a lot to help with, though. In fact, all three of those films. It's one of the rare occasions where you get a series of comedy films, and each film is actually all right. The third one was not so great. Oh, I enjoyed the third one. Maybe it's just, maybe I've just not watched it in a long enough time. The but, third one doesn't really stand up to repeat viewings. Right. I think I'm giving Michael Crane, Kane a, a lot more credit for helping it along. <laughs> uh, I like your cho- your choice for number fourteen. Thank you. I was I was pleased with this one. Now, did Julian Bashir play tennis? Was that part of his backstory? Yeah. In DS9? Yeah. He did. He did. He played a lot of tennis. You know, he might actually be a really, really appropriate contrast to my choice because he was, uh, spoilers, he was sort of superhuman himself. He was, wasn't he? He was genetically modified. Or... I never really caught, quite caught what that meant. He was enhanced. In I, That's all I took it to mean. He was just cleverer and a bit better than regular non-enhanced humans and so he was superhuman or a, a superman in the classic nietzsche sense yeah in a way that was outlawed within the federation it was an illegal thing it was a secret uh i think even to his character for a while that he he was this um i, I can't remember too much of ds9 to be honest I, I i i haven't really ever preferred it to tng but did they ever draw comparisons between Bashir and Khan? No. It oh, Khan never on. even came up. I bet it came up. I, I bet it came up, but I don't know if they'll have specifically mentioned Khan. They might have, have mentioned the eugenics wars and that sort of thing. Just enough for the fans to go, oh, they're talking about Khan. Spacey. Yeah. It, it's actually one of those things that's better if you leave it non-specific because then the real fans know it's Khan and the people who are just tuning in this week for the first time aren't left with backstory they don't know about or anything like that. They just get the point that there was a bad time in Earth's history when genetically modified humans ran rampant. Which I think... Being the, uh, being the Star Trek fan that you are, I'm guessing that you're probably fairly closely following this whole Benedict Cumberbatch thing. Reasonably. I'm aware of of developments, yeah. Have you heard the latest development? That he's going to be, what is it? Is it Gary Marshall? uh, Right. Yeah, I have heard that. Because there was the rumor for a long time that he was going to be Khan, and now the Gary thing, which I think the Gary thing is a hoax. I, now... Given that it came from Carl Urban in an interview, allegedly by accident. Whoops. Yeah, that makes me think it's just he's blowing smoke up our ass with that. Because this is another one of those where I think if you 
if you're going to be a lead actor in a J.J. Abrams film like this and you start blabbing plot, then you aren't in the next one. Well, not to mention that, but Gary Mitchell is really kind of a dumb character. It depends how they do it. I mean, the the trouble was, was they, they was supposed to be a good friend of Kirk's from the Academy. You see, this might be interesting just to see how they can play around with things, with the fact that it's now this alternate timeline slash alternate universe thing, in that you can have these same people there, but they don't have to have interacted with each other in the same way beforehand. See, that was kind of the, the same issue with bringing Khan in as a bad guy. Khan only tried to kill Kirk in the film because of what Kirk did to Khan in the TV series. And so without that, there isn't the same motivation in a film. That Kirk, at, at the moment, in the, the alternate uh, universe timeline, Khan, while he may still exist, has no reason to hate Kirk because he hasn't marooned him on a planet where his wife gets killed. So it's, you know, they could do some interesting playing around things. I don't think he's going to be Khan at all. I, I'd be surprised if they go with that. And Gary Marshall, is, I, I could live with it. I really could. I, w I was okay with the when I heard that, but I, I don't think that you could con consider where it came from to be a particularly credible source. So Julian Bashir, I, I I did not know that tennis was in his backstory, but like I said, that might be really appropriate. I chose Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, who was a pro tennis player. That's that's a good choice, you know, and and she's she's so she's got the. Well, she's the bionic, bionic woman. So this this just turns into a normal tennis match, really, or yes, rather, they're both oh, elevated to a to an equal platform. Yeah, which is my argument for the the uh, drug fueled Olympics, which I would like to see. Which they they I don't know if they're ever gonna. I don't think they're ever gonna do that. You could go one step better and just uh, jump right to robot Olympics. I'd also love to see that. My 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 one is just for people who want to take the performance enhancing drugs. Go ahead, do it. Take all the performance enhancing drugs you you want. That I bet if you all take as many as you can, that'd probably be quite a sight to watch. It's only a problem because you're competing against people who don't want to take them. So separate it out. We'll have a non-drug Olympics and a drug Olympics, and we'll watch the massive steroid-ridden freaks fight each other and stuff like that. It'd be awesome television. Just separate it out. Jesus Christ, Rich. I didn't see that you had put this one in here until just now. Are we really going to do number 15? I, I'm happy to cut that one out, actually. <laughs> I was I was really struggling at that point. Track and field, you're going to put Peter Pan in there against the Flash? Why not? He can fly. I don't oh, know. It's awful. We'll skip that one. We can skip it or you can just have it. I'm easy either way. <laughs> Let's go straight to weightlifting. Okay. I don't know why you chose Harry Potter. Because he doesn't even have to touch the weights. He can lift anything. He's just like magic, isn't he? Using his Jedi powers. Yeah. Because it's not really about the weight or the size. It's about your strength, your inner strength. Yeah. So you can just, you can just lift the thing. There you go. That's it. Is the point to make the weights come off the floor or for you to somehow physically lift them up off the floor? Because if the aim is just to make the weights be in the air, he's got that down cold. That's that's fine. 
I suppose if you want to make it so he has to pick them up, then probably Mr. T would beat him. Uh, yeah, I mean, hands down, Mr. T is stronger, uh, has stronger musculature. But I think that you chose wisely with Harry Potter. I think that you, uh, you, you got a little tricky. You're a sneaky snake. Oh, yeah. But, you know, in, in as we said at the beginning of the show, we were really stuck for British characters that could do anything. Uh, except have a discussion about something. Uh, and so Harry Potter had to go in there while there was one that we could put in. That's my argument for that. <laughs> of course, we've just got to put Harry Potter in there somewhere. It makes no difference where he goes. Unless Quidditch becomes an Olympic sport, it could be any of them. I'm really just jealous that I didn't choose any uh, choose any magicians to, to go up against him. So you win that one. Harry Potter gets the pass. And that brings us to our last category. Yeah. This one would be interesting. Wouldn't it just? And, and I think that there's a clear winner. I, I think that my guy is going to win in the end. Yeah. I think that when the Incredible Hulk goes up against Hellboy, though, I think Hellboy's going to give him a run for his money for just a little while. Oh, that would be an incredible five minutes action sequence in a movie, wouldn't it? That That would just be so good to watch. The Incredible Hulk fighting Hellboy. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, the Incredible Hulk wins. Well, the Incredible uh, however, Hulk keeps on getting stronger and stronger the more pissed off he becomes. What if, though, right? The different one of the major differences between Hellboy and the Incredible Hulk is that Hellboy is completely in control of what he's doing at any given moment. The Hulk is just Hulk smash, mentalness. The point of the Hulk character is that he's just this uncontrollable ball of destruction. Hulk's well, I could go full nerd on it, full nerd on you and start talking about how when Banner finally gets control of the Hulk and how the Hulk is then just super uh, super smart Banner, and uh, you know you know they waver back and forth depending on what comic property you're watching. Even in the Avengers movie, there's one part where. And this shouldn't be spoilers. You should, if you're listening to this, have already seen the Avengers oh, film. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. But there's one point where the Hulk is forced to transform against his will, and uh, and he's just full-on mindless rage. And then there's another time where he transforms at his own discretion, and he's much, much more intelligent. Yeah. I You see, I've never read a Hulk comic. I'm All I know of the character is what has been on TV and in films. Uh, and so... I'm just got. I'm kind of just repeating rumblings I'd heard on the internet about. For stuff. the most part, you're right. I mean, that's classic Hulk is mindless, angry beast. But they eventually had to change the character to make it interesting. So yeah, he 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 does become super strong, intelligent Banner. I suppose yeah. From a, a writing perspective, it does become difficult to write a continuing Hulk Hulk story. If he if he is that uncontrollable, there's only so much you can do with Mister Hyde before he gets boring. You you've got to somehow temper him. Yeah, and it's it's difficult to make him a hero of some kind, as well. I suppose if he doesn't know what he's doing, how can he be a hero for doing it? That's an interesting debate. Without the Hulk, anyway, I'll leave that one for daytime TV. 
So that's all the categories that we have. There's obviously more Olympic competitions, and we threw out the running ones because, I mean, what are you going to do? There's only so many people that you can put in there, but... And the Flash uh, beats all of them. Right. The Flash just, you know, breaks the sound barrier and, and starts to approach the singularity. Exactly. Although I think we got a lot of them in. There aren't as many Olympic sports as I'd thought. Well, there's lots of different variations of them. Once you get into them, there's, you know, like modified this or freestyle that or, you know, different classifications within. But yeah, as far as just plain groupings go, there's not, for the Summer Olympics, a terrible lot of variation. Mm. Well, they've got to fill all those TV channels with something. They all started the other day. We now have 24 extra HD channels from the BBC to watch all this stuff on. Which is awesome. I'm not complaining, but I don't know what they're going to put on. You know what Lisa and I are planning to do? We just randomly choose teams to root for. Yeah. Not not the United States. Just just randomly choose a country. Yes. And then talk all the smack against the other person that you can. I think we're going to have some of that going on here. We have terrible amounts of fun every Olympics doing that. Just, uh, you know, my South Koreans can beat your Jamaicans. <laughs> it's the way to go, I think. Mind you, you see, you don't have the... You're, you're American. You just go, oh, we, we won that. Oh, and we won that. You know, oh. we don't win as often as you think we do. I, I'm not surprised, actually, because I found out that we win a lot more than I thought we did as well. And Germany is really the team to beat in just about every Olympic sport, it seems. Yeah. Um, At least in the winter ones, which, you know, like I said, I pay more attention to those. Germany, the Nordic countries, um, China, Russia, these are all huge contenders. United States usually does, you know, first, second or third place overall as far as all medals earned. Uh, I'm not saying that we're not a powerhouse. I'm just saying that, you know, there's there's other people who are to be feared. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good one. It really is. I'm so I'm getting excited. I'm really getting excited, which is strange because I don't like sports. I don't get excited really about the Olympics, but they are fun to participate in just as kind of a, a mass cultural thing. Yeah. I so think, many people are watching them that it's all it's, it's, it's a shared experience. I think that's what I'm excited about, really. I, I don't really care who wins what, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. I'm not going to buy the stupid Olympic computer game this year, though. Was that actually our next topic idea? So I won't uh, video games overall, sports, sports video games. Right, I won't talk about it that much then. But I'm not, I'm not going to get the Olympic game this year. Is there an Olympic game? There's all, yeah. There's always an Olympic game. Well, I know that there's like Mario versus Sonic at the Olympics. No, there's a proper one this year. There's always a proper one. It's the I've, yeah, and I've the, never seen one of these. Go to. I Oli mean, there was there was like uh, the the old NES trackpad Olympic games. Yeah, well, they still do those. It's they that, do. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Only now they're on Xbox and PS3. Go to OlympicVideoGames.com. Heading there now. And there's two. There's the official video game, the London 2012 one, and Mario and Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games. Oh, and an official mobile game. You just wouldn't figure that it would be a franchise that has much steam. 
I don't know. There's 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 always been a, a, an Olympic game. There's certain sporting events. It seems there's always a, a, a computer game to go with them. So Olympics, uh, World Cups. There's always a special edition of FIFA. Um, and a couple of other things too. Well, the plan at this point is, like you said, to talk more about the Olympics next week and tie it in kind of with sports video games overall. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, even including like the FIFA stuff, the Madden stuff, EA Sports stuff, all that, which as an American, that's kind of really where all my sports game stuff comes from. But um, but tonight I had a lot of fun talking about our, our fictional Olympics. Yeah, that was good. That was good, and I, I didn't do as badly as I'd expected. Who actually won this overall, then? You know, I didn't tally it up, but it is close to being exactly even. I think you might have even come out on top. Let's see. I got seven. I did. I won. You won. <laughs> you won by... I only had six. Awesome. Nicely done. There you, you go. You know what? I'm taking that back. I'm taking Green Arrow. Forget it. You're Robin <laughs> Gave you a draw. Look at that. I'm changing that from a draw to a J. Fair Putting enough. Putting that win in the column. Psh, not going to let you win like that. Well, we'll say the entire remastered 2012 Olympics was a draw then. <laughs> Which I don't think will happen in the real thing. That'd be awesome. It's a draw. We all won one medal. There you go. Everyone goes home Hooray. with something. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But we will be back next week to talk more Olympics. In the meantime, Rich, what should we plug? Well, we can plug Audible because audiobooks are awesome and I bet there's some about Olympic things. You know how terrible I am with this audio uh, Audible address? It's www.audiblepodcast slash movies. Audiblepodcast.com slash movies. There's a link on the website, which is at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, and when we, you go there, you can do the free trial and you don't have to pay anything at all, but we get like a little bit of jingle. Yeah, we do. And you get an audiobook. And they really are awesome. They really, really are. I, I, you know, whether we're sponsored by them or plugging them or not, I really recommend audiobooks because it got me, it was something that got me into books when I wasn't in a position to do a lot of reading. You know, you don't sit in the living room with your headphones on at night listening to an audiobook. You listen to them in the car. And stuff like that. So it actually, for me, it gave me hours of technically reading time. So these these things are awesome. If you like podcasts, you'll like audiobooks. And if you're in my shoes, where you have a child or children, you're going to start discovering that there's a lot of value to audiobooks. Because before my daughter came along, I used to read a book a week. And now I have read one book in the past six months. And that's pretty sad. There you but, go. Uh, Audiobooks in the car, I think, is, is what's going to rescue me from that terrible slump. Yeah, they're, they're just awesome. And I also recommend, I prefer the ones read by the author. Because even though they're not, the author is not necessarily in the possession in a position to give the best performance of a book, so to speak, like a, a more seasoned professional might. But I always feel that you're at least hearing it how the author wants you to hear it. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. So I prefer those. There's lots. There's over 75,000 books. You'll find something you like. So uh, go and check that out. 
And as far as Simply Syndicated goes, uh, check out Atomic Trivia War 9000. I'm going to plug my other podcast. Absolutely. I don't think we've ever really talked very much about it on this show, but have an awful lot of fun doing it. And uh, we're getting ready to start picking up and doing more episodes. We've been doing them kind of sporadically throughout the summer because everybody's been busy and I've been very tired. Uh, But we're about to start getting back into it. And uh, let's see, what else is there on the network that we should talk about? Uh, well, Do Ask Do Tell has come back. Uh, Tech It or Leave It is out every weekend. We do that show live every Sunday at 3 for the latest tech news and stuff. Uh, what else do we do? Shaft is going to come back one day. We haven't cancelled that. We're working on movies you should see. I spent the weekend talking to Will and Mike and we've decided we are going to do a run of Make It So's. Uh, so in actual fact, what I've spent today doing is getting all the episodes of Make It So into the new store system. So if you want to catch up on any of those, now's a good time to be able to do that. They're all in there, as are all the movies you should see, even Year 5, which has kind of been in limbo for a year or two. Uh, that's now all available to just go and download at simplysyndicated.com slash store, where it should always have been. Feels so much better with this new store, you know. I love it, and it works great. It's so simple. I know that there were days where you would contact me in the past about the uh, the previous store setup and just be pulling your hair out saying, uh, you know, I, I give up. Yeah, it was just a nightmare. It never looked right. It worked. It technically worked, but it was such a ridiculously complicated system. And it ran so slowly because it w- because it was so complicated, the hardware you needed to run it on was far beyond what you generally get as web hosting. So it was just a pain in the backside. This new system is part of the main website. It's great. It looks good. It works. It's lightweight. It's brilliant. So, and I think it actually works a bit better than the old system from a, a user's standpoint. So that's that's everything. Good. I think. Good. good. If you want to get on the forum, there at simplysyndicated.com slash forums, come and chat to us about this episode and others as well. And we'd love to hear suggestions for any other episodes you'd like us to do, any topics you'd like us to cover. And you can email us at remastered at simplysyndicated.com if you want to do that too. Did a dog just come in? Yeah, they both come running down. Uh, Lisa just came down the stairs to do some laundry, and, and both of the both of the mutts followed. They do that. Sorry about that. No problem whatsoever. No problem at all. <laughs> I, I even like hearing that there are dogs. It's good. They're good little guys. They are indeed. Yep. Right then, everybody. Thank you for listening in the chat room. We do the show live every mid, uh, Tuesday midnight in the UK. And is it 7 p.m.? It's 7 p.m. for now. It's Eastern Daylight Time. Right. Um, You know, in October when the time switches around in the U.S. because we're idiots, then... We'll have to to reassign those times. Awesome. But for now, yes, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, there's a chat room here. It's really easy to use. There's instructions on the page. Just go to simplysyndicated.com, click on the button that says radio, and you'll get in. It's cool. We like uh, watching and talking with people as we record. Absolutely. Okay, then, guys. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of Remastered. Bye-bye. See you later. (laughs) 